Hello and welcome back to another episode of Control Alt Delete. So today's guest is a super star and super woman. She is Lily Singh. She is an extremely popular and talented entertainer who has found worldwide fame on the internet through her YouTube channel, which has currently over 11 million subscribers worldwide. She has interviewed people such as Michelle Obama and Bill Gates on her channel, and they're also just really funny, amazingly scripted videos, and I totally recommend you subscribing. But seeing as she has 11 million followers, then I'm sure you already are subscribed. She was featured in the 2016 Forbes 30 Under 30, and in 2016, she was named one of the top-earning female YouTubers in the world. So Lily currently has a book out. It's a New York Times bestseller already. It's called How to Be a Bouse. B-A-W-S-E. I probably can't say it as well as Lily, but there it is. It's a book that teaches readers how to be their own boss, a person who exudes confidence and reaches goals. It's inspired by lots of honest, very honest stories about Lily's own personal experiences and her own achievements and sort of spelling it out that there's no shortcuts to getting where you want to be in life it's very inspiring it's very honest and it's a brilliant book I recommend it so we talk about the book on the podcast we also talk about lots and lots of other things and I really hope you enjoy this episode here it is So yeah, I just said to Lily that she's the most powerful person on the internet. And, and I said, who, me? <laughs> um, I actually, I think you saw that I tweeted being like, I'm interviewing Lily Singh and everyone just went mental on really? the internet. Really? Oh, I that's mean, very sweet. One of the, I watched your really honest Q&A that you did a few days yes. ago. Oh my God, I loved it so much. Did you like it? I, almost, I don't even have eyebrows in it. Oh, it was, I didn't even fill in my eyebrows. It was hilarious, but then it, but I kind of felt like some of the questions I wanted to ask on the podcast, you'd already answered. Oh, really? But I loved that because it's almost like, you're just going to put it all out there. Mm-hmm. It's not hard to get the honest answers. Yeah, no, I'm a pretty honest person. And that's really cool. I love the bit about um, your vision and how, mm-hmm. and especially with the book, even though there's a team of people working with you, it's always going to be your vision. How do you maintain that? Uh, mostly by going crazy um, and not sleeping. I am very particular about my vision. I feel like if I'm going to do something and so many people are going to consume it, it has to accurately represent me. That's the same as my tour, my movie, my book, to the point where I pick the background color for every single image in this book. Like that degree of control freakness I have, but that's because it's mine. And you know, even though I have a company, I'm still the face of the brand. That's what's very unique about the company I have is it's not a massive company where if something goes wrong, there's the 200 people to take the fault. No, this is my face is the brand. And so I take things very seriously when it comes to my vision. Yeah. When and I that's was, also how it makes it fun. Yeah. Like I want to make sure that what's out there is authentically me. Yeah. Because then you can promote it in a way that's like, you love it. Exactly. And there's no, no bit of it that you're kind of like, oh, exactly. I, wanna... I never want to promote something where inside I'm like, oh, no, but I don't actually like this. Yeah. I mm. love that bit in your video when you said um, that you had, I think, worked with a brand on a video yeah. and you weren't quite sure of it. it on yeah. a much smaller scale, that's happened to me where I've been like, I don't want to work with you yeah. anymore. But that felt like, really brave of you to actually say I'm not yeah it, it was it was a company that paid for a video and we did it and I was so excited about it and I had all my friends part of it and there were so many extras it was a full day of shooting and I saw it and I was like there is no way I'm going to release this because it's just not my vision and uh, I will reshoot that video in a year on Halloween and make it my vision yeah. and then it just would have taken a year to shoot I think mm. that's really admirable especially Thank in you. a world where you could maybe have so many opportunities you have to stay true to you because I think with people um, especially women who are really sort of very very successful I wanted to ask you and this is like me being nosy myself mm-hmm. is how how much do you feel like it's okay to not be nice all the time 
Ooh, that's a very good question. So I know you quoted Beyonce yeah. in an interview you did for Makers. Mm -hmm. I've Where she says it's not possible to always be polite in business. Yeah. Yeah, I, I am a big believer that it is crucial to, for your success to be a nice person. I proactively try my best to be a nice person. However, there are some situations where it's not that you can't be nice, it's you have to be a bit more firm and sometimes, I'm, I'm going to be honest, being in the public eye, there's always a concern, at least within my own mind, where I'm like, don't be a diva, don't be a diva, you don't yeah. want to be that person. But there's also times where I'm not treated like a human. So, for example, I'll walk into situations where I'm asked to do like ridiculous, absurd tasks that are so tiring. And if I don't hold my ground and say, no, I am not doing this unless X, Y, Z happens, I will literally be taken advantage of left, right, and center. Yeah. So it's almost crucial to have to put your foot down sometimes. And I've learned that. And say no. And that's not being a diva. That is no. taking care of your sanity yeah. and yourself. Actually, just to shamelessly plug my friendship with Dwayne Johnson, he texted me that actually. Mm. Before I went on tour, he said, you know, as much as everyone is on your team and everyone's there for you, the only person that can truly take care of yourself is you. And mm. remember to do that. And so. Because that's one of your, um, that's the main part of your shows, isn't it? About how people come to see you, but at the same time, they should leave feeling like they don't need you. 100%. And I love that. Yeah. So, um, I always am a big advocate for people understanding that all they ever need is themselves. Generally speaking, of course, if you need help with something, you should seek help. But I don't want my fans to ever feel like they can only be inspired through my videos and they can only work hard because I am telling them to work hard and they're only pretty because I said they're pretty. I'm trying to instill something within themselves where they can say that to themselves and believe it, yeah. just as I have. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I didn't know um, until recently, I don't know why, maybe I'd kind of conflated the two, but mm -hmm. I didn't realise that Superwoman, your YouTube kind of personality, mm -hmm. was kind of... Is it that they are they are quite separate, or are you... No, actually, Superwoman and Lily are pretty similar. Mm. I'm just as weird as Superwoman. <laughs> I am just as crazy, I'm just as loud. The only difference is Superwoman is an entertainer. So on stage, she's very fearless, and she's loud, and she's never nervous. Lily gets tired, gets nervous sometimes, gets jet-lagged sometimes. That will mm. never happen to Superwoman. Because mm. you're a human. Exactly. <laughs> but personality trait wise they're super similar mm. because with um like being just a person and not mm -hmm. and not being and being behind the camera and living your life what do you do when you're not working like what's like a real down day for you that's a because i was a hilarious know, question I was, I was asked the other day yeah. um what are your hobbies mm -hmm. and i said like blogging mm -hmm. taking photos watching YouTube and they were like, no, your hobbies, that, yeah. that sounds like work. Yeah. I was like, they're, they're, they're all When people up. ask me this question, what do you do when you're not working? My response is usually working because mm -hmm. I always said I didn't want a nine to five job and now I have a 24 seven job, but I love it. Like I am truly working almost all the time. And even on my off time, whatever that is, yeah. I'll like watch a show or a movie but then while I'm watching that, I'm like, oh, this gives me a really good script idea. Let me write a script right now. So everything somehow is inspiration for my job. But I wouldn't have it any other way. I enjoy it. And do you always feel like you have ideas? Or do you sometimes go through phases no. where you're like, oh, no. God. Because that's one thing about <laughs> yeah. YouTubers. I admire them so much. I'm like, it's, it's rapid pace ideas. Yes, yes. I don't always have ideas. There is some weeks where I'm like, oh, my God, I'm the dumbest person on this planet because I can't think of a single idea. Um, I make two pieces of scripted comedy a week, which Whoa, is a lot. That's so much. It is a lot, and so there are definitely times where I am asking my fans what they want to see, or I'm asking my friends for suggestions, or just staring at people, hoping something will come into my mind. Yeah. With um, working across like lots of different platforms, because I feel like um, sometimes you, 
especially when I introduce people on this podcast um, and they do multiple things, mm-hmm. sometimes they're not just a YouTuber or mm-hmm. just an actress or just a, like it's a lot of different things. Do you find that you come up with an idea first and then choose the platform or, because it's interesting with the book, I mean obviously it was going to be a book, mm-hmm. it's, there's so much in there, but how did it, how did it come about? It could have been a video first and then a book, like how do you yeah. work that I out? I mean there's definitely elements of this book that are in my videos. There's probably a video about happiness and a video about confidence I have on my channel. But with my YouTube videos, I'm so restricted to time and storytelling. So for example, I have to think about, is this going to be a five minute video? Mm. Is there a punchline in the proper place? Are people still paying attention at this time? With the book, I was able to be way more thorough and elaborate on my stories and my lessons and not have to follow those rules, especially with the out of the blue sections, which are like the very vulnerable deep parts of this book. I didn't have to think about, does this sound entertaining? It was, this is just the raw emotion of what that was at that Mm -hmm. time. And so it was a completely different writing experience and medium altogether. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How long did it, you know, take to write and pull together? And because it's it's an incredibly, there's a lot in there. Yes. And it's, the design is amazing. The photography. Oh, girl, thanks, girl, thanks. But it's not (laughs) something that you could just do in like a few months. Yeah, no, it took a year. And I know this because I submitted the proposal on my birthday and I finished the manuscript on my birthday as well. So it was Mm -hmm. a year. Yeah. yeah, that's how I spend my birthdays, by driving myself <laughs> crazy. <laughs> but it's like a year. Yeah. I know you've been on tour before for mm-hmm. your... Mm, trip to Unicorn Island. Yes, trip yes. to Unicorn Island, which mm-hmm. is the best name of a tour ever. Thank you. How is how has the book tour differed from that? It is so different. So a trip to Unicorn Island was theatrical, was music and dancing and costumes and stand-up and characters. And I was super stressed to go on book tour because traditionally a book tour is signings. Mm-hmm. You sit and you sign, but of course not me. I'm a boss. So I'm like, <laughs> I need to go above and beyond. So I have a show attached to my signings, which is basically a 45-minute comedic TED Talk type-esque show where it's motivational but also funny. Um, and it's very different though because it's just me. I don't have dancers. There's no theatricals. There's no costumes. But it's kind of challenging and exciting in its own way. I now have smaller audiences. It's not stadiums. It's just, uh, or arenas. It's here at 750 people, which is wow. quite intimate compared to my I last love tour. I that's small for you. Yeah, that's, that's, that's so quite funny. intimate compared I'd to... I'd be like, I've sold out a massive arena if that was me. <laughs> 750 people. Yes. But it's, it's, it's more intimate, so it's a little more challenging because when you're talking about things that are motivational or inspirational, you really have to capture people's attention mm. way more than if you're doing comedy. And so it's been a new challenge, but it's been exciting. And who who are your motivational kind of people that if you need a bit of a pep talk or do you not ever need a pep oh, talk? Oh no, I oh, I do need pep talks. This is a super deep answer. I'm actually in a position where I give myself the best pep talks mm. before every show. I kick everyone out of my change room and I talk to myself in the mirror. I have a very big ritual. I talk to myself every day. I do love myself. I'm my own best friend, and I'm totally proud of that. Um, but other people, um, I have a friend named Humble the Poet. I reference him a lot in the book. He gives me great pep talks. My mom is really great at giving me pep talks in her own traditional way that she does. Um, but yeah, and, I, and really, truly, my fans motivate me a lot. It's the craziest thing, you'll never believe me, but I'll be on stage, and let's say there's a countdown before my show where it's counting down before I get on stage, and when it gets to one minute, my fans will literally start screaming out things like, Lily, you got this, we're here for you. To the point where I'm obsessed with Game of Thrones, okay? So for my last show in Seattle, there's this moment where I'm like, hey, can you cue the music for me to come on stage? And there's 20 seconds of blank space. The entire audience, don't ask me how they coordinated this, but the entire audience started in unison 
humming dun 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 so I could enter oh stage to the tune of Game of Thrones. Like that's the extent of which they support me. That's hilarious. Do you reckon yeah. they pre-planned that? I have no idea. They're wizards. They're the best, most supporting fans ever. Oh, that, that must be so surreal to have yeah. that many people I, who are... In my vlog mentioned... I was in a hotel and I was vlogging. I'm like, oh my God, hotel shampoo. It's a joke. Like my hair will take a bazillion of these. And I was so frustrated. <laughs> the next day, my meet and greet, just 30 bottles of shampoo gifted to me. 30 bottles of shampoo. They're the best. They're actually the best. It, that's far and beyond just liking someone's work, isn't it? That's a new level. Because it's a very to... different type of dynamic and relationship. It's different than traditional celebrities, I'd mm -hmm. say, in their fan bases. Because digital creators are much more accessible to their fans. I feel there's a much more of a relationship where if I'm on the street people will come up to me and jump on me being like hey Lily as a friend they won't feel like oh, she's untouchable and we can't talk to her yeah yeah how did that video um go down because I, I watched the one about how people should not come up to you and just want a selfie yeah I, and I it thought was a, that was because you know Justin Bieber like yeah shut down his Instagram I actually really you know I actually really feel for Justin Bieber because I kind of relate to what he's saying mm. I don't mind meeting my fans of course I love them and adore them but I'm very big on being treated like a human and that's not just me. I think all celebrities, I'm, I, I can't, it hurts my heart when people are not able to see that they're still human. Mm -hmm. And so there's been instances where people will come up to me, not say anything and just put a camera in front of my face. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that because I think there still should be human qualities. And so I encourage my fans, not only for my sakes, but just for them as people, as yeah. evolved beings should understand that it's important to treat people like humans. Definitely. Because mm -hmm. the wider message as well is like, enjoy the experience. Exactly. Be present. A boss is always present. Yeah. Yeah. In the book, there's a lot about values mm -hmm. and there's a lot about kind of like avoiding online drama or mm -hmm. like comparison and mm -hmm. staying in your own lane and if someone is critical mm -hmm. or just write something mean. Like, I feel like you're amazing at handling that. Oh, a thank lot more you. than other people. I'm glad I've convinced you. Yeah. Before I wrote this book, I did not have any of these things in my natural everyday life. I had to learn all of these things through my journey on YouTube and otherwise in life. Um, Dealing with negativity and hate in particular was definitely something I had to learn. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely been a work in progress. I, I, don't, I think anyone that says hate comments don't bother them is lying. Mm -hmm. They will bother you from time to time. You can have like 10 million good exactly. ones and one that's bad That's human one. nature where you can have yeah. 10 million good ones, but I'm going to read the one that says I'm fat 17 times. Um, that's, just, that's just the name of the game. And it's something I've constantly been working on. In terms of the values and all the things I talk about in the book, those are things that I learned very, very through a difficult process. Having values, not hobbies, it's, that's crucial when you're constantly being judged by the world. And it's very easy for me to reply to negative comments being like, yeah, well, you're this, 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 but I don't want to be that. And it's not good for me and it's not good for anyone else as well. So you all learned lessons. And that's why I actually included the out of the blue sections because I want people to see this very different dark lily and I want them to see this very happier version of Lily and then I want them to question how I got from the left page to the right page yes. and that's what the book is it's how I got from the left to the right yeah because mm -hmm. I think it was it always surprises people I think sometimes when you see like a really kind of happy outgoing mm -hmm. successful person and then but it, it changes people's perceptions because I, I was watching something this morning about um, Stephen Fry he's mm -hmm. doing stuff with like Heads Together charity okay. about depression and he's a comedian and it's like Yes, everyone goes through that mm -hmm. stuff. Everyone, 100%, you know, one hundred percent. We all have bad times, but I'm guessing. I mean, that's what makes your show so powerful. Without that, you wouldn't be almost where you are now. One hundred percent. I always tell people the thing I'm most grateful for is the time I was sad, yeah. because that gave birth to the time I was happy. Having 
done so much so young. I wanted to ask about how sometimes it can be like a bit of a rat race and people being like, what are you doing next? What are you doing mm-hmm. next? Mm-hmm. I loved what you said about your, your relationship with your mum and how she's kind of like always proud of you anyway and like mm-hmm. achievements aren't like, mm-hmm. sometimes she keeps you grounded, you were saying, when she's just like, that's nice. Yeah. You're great anyway without mm-hmm. that massive brand deal, without mm-hmm. that massive book deal. I wondered like, how do you not fall into the trap of being like, go, go, go all the time? Well, I don't know if I've not fallen into that trap. My One of my feet is kind of in that trap and one is out. I am very go, go, go. And that's because I am, love what I do so immensely. And so I, ha- I have a hard time saying no. But as I write in this book, I have also learned the importance of pausing. Because previously, I didn't think burnout was a real thing. Mm. And I learned it is a real thing. And I have experienced it. And I only want to go, 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 go if I enjoy it. If I ever am like, nope, I'm hating my life right now and I don't like this, I know I need to pause. That's the only way you can hustle really hard is if, you're, mm. if you have time to pause and actually look around and think, this is amazing. I mean, it would be a really sad day if I worked really, really hard and this book came and went and I never took a second to be like, oh my God, I wrote a book and this is really yeah. cool. Like, you know, that, that's, that's crucial to do and I know that. Do you have any kind of uh, warning signs of burnout? Because I think I've had some. Yes. And being like, whoa, I can't go to that edge. Yeah. Like... Um, it's this one thing called crying myself to sleep <laughs> casually. Um, sometimes I don't have a choice. Like, I'm not going to lie. Three days ago, cried myself to sleep. So tired. Could not keep my eyes open. But I know this is book launch, the two weeks. Mm-hmm. And after this book tour is done, I'm going to be up in Singapore for three days not answering any phone calls, so it's fine. Yeah. But um, definitely I think when I start to feel... When, I'm, when I start to not be nice as well, because I value being nice, but if I start to get cranky and not my best version mm-hmm. of myself, that's a huge sign to me. I don't yes. want to put that energy into the world. So that's a huge, huge red flag. Yeah. Oh, that's actually such good advice. Yeah. I find myself writing like really mean emails and being yeah. like, no, don't send that now. Yeah, exactly. Tomorrow. Exactly. But I think it's important as well, like the content you do around like, you know, you do stuff, you've done stuff around periods, for example. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes we're in bad moods because of hormones. It's yeah, not always sometimes. our fault. Yeah, sure. I like that. Did some people think that's controversial, some of that content? They might. Yeah. <laughs> There's always going to be someone that finds something controversial with what I say. Mm. I call myself a feminist and people get offended. Yeah. You know? That's the de- one of the downfalls and actually benefits of being the public eye because it, it really has helped me grow and evolve and have thick skin. But mm. not everything I say will be offensive to someone. Yeah. I can talk about empowering women and there will be a girl that comments saying, how dare you think you can empower me? You know what I mean? Like, there's always going to be there's someone There's always going to be one. There's always going to be one. You need to love what you do more than you're scared of what people think. You truly need to really love what you do because that's going to happen. It's inevitable. People are going to judge you. They're going to feel entitled to judge you. They're going to think they have a right to do so. Yeah. And you really need to love what you do yeah. to be able to deal with that. That is literally the only way to deal with it. Yeah. Do you work with having long-term goals? Like, you know that horrible interview question, which is like, where do you see? Five year and I'm plan? always like, I don't know what I'm having for oh dinner God, tonight. I, I, I don't always know. ask people that when I interview them. I'm so annoying. <laughs> um, or do you just kind of work as things start I, happening? I, I do have like a long-term where I would like to be in terms of like, I would still like to be in the entertainment industry. I would love to get into TV and film. I would love mm. to act. I would like to direct more than anything. I would like to be happy. That's the number one thing. But my career and life are so breaking the mold every single day mm-hmm. where like if you asked me three years ago if I was going to write a book I would have been like no I'm not going to write a book on when I was younger YouTube didn't even exist mm-hmm. so I couldn't even have foreseen this career and so I have a plan but I don't I don't restrict myself to that because I know that anything could happen especially yeah. with my career it's so new and innovative and 
awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But because even YouTube has changed so much over the years, yeah. hasn't it? And there's been so many more people creating content. Yeah, and YouTube has definitely changed a lot. When I started YouTube in 2010, it was because I was sad. Mm. And all my friends that started around the same time was because they were messed up in some way. Mm. They had anxiety or they were loners or there was something. And now people start YouTube because they want to be rich and famous. Mm. And they want a career. And people say, when I grow up, I want to be a YouTuber. Yeah. And that, did not, that sentence did not exist. Because there, the there was a study, wasn't there, that um, kids, well, 16 to like 22 year olds or something, want to be bloggers yeah. instead of like footballers. And, and they also don't see it, uh, I feel like the younger generation doesn't see a difference between digital stars and traditional stars anymore. That's blurred together because mm -hmm. I get tagged in tweets that are like, my favorite people are Madonna, Britney Spears, and Lily. And I'm like, yeah. How did I get in this tweet? But also, but you're were... on Jimmy Fallon announcing your book deal, so... Well, girl, you know. <laughs> you said it, not me. <laughs> Was that crazy? He is... I actually write about him in the book as well. He is so cool. And I'm very blessed because I announced the book on, on Fallon. I also, the day of the release was also on Fallon. So I feel like he's very he's much so connected. He's such a support, yeah. He's such a support to this book. And he's just so wonderful and such a good, inspirational mentor. I write about him in the book as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's very empowering what you say about how, um, I think you were asked in an interview on, on the Makers video yeah, about yeah. racism, mm -hmm. and your answer was, my response to anything like that is to be as successful yeah. as possible. Yeah. By growing and growing of and growing. Of course I'll make my voice heard, but I feel like the better way than me making a video being like, these are the reasons you shouldn't be racist and there should be more Indian girls in the media. Instead, I'll just be that Indian girl in the media and let that speak for itself. Yeah. You know, Mindy Kaling said in one of her interviews, where she was like, yeah, people always ask me about how there's not that many Indian women in having TV shows and represented. And my answer is, well, now there is. Mm, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, girl, come through, get it. It's I exactly love the reference. I know. And that can relate to anyone of any background mm -hmm. of any like sexual orientation. Of like course. it's just like a message for everyone, isn't of it? We talk about the next stage of the tour in because this sure. is coming out around the time I think you might be in India. Okay, cool. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm very excited about the tour. So I've done Canada and US and the UK I'm doing right now. And I have India and Dubai and Australia and New Zealand and Malaysia and Hong Kong and Singapore and Whoa. Philippines. That's crazy. And other places. Um, and I'm really excited about it. Traveling is my favorite thing. Yeah. I make sure every time I do a tour, it is truly a world tour because I don't want my audience around the world to ever feel neglected. Mm -hmm. And I want them to feel valued. And I want them to know that it's so difficult to throw shows in those places of the world. Yeah. But I really, really value all my fans and I want them to have the opportunity to be able to experience something like this. Yeah. And how, how many people come with you to these things? Like, how big's your team? This tour is small, so I will only have myself and three others. For my last tour, it was 15 people. Wow. So I'm already feeling a bit like, oh my god, this is so small, I don't know what to do. But again, it's a different type of show, and yeah. so it'll be a total of four people. It's like you have this massive practice run of yeah. like doing it crazily big, and then like but it's nothing can shock a, you now. It's been a mental challenge for me, because in my brain, the equation is, oh, it's smaller, it's lesser. My brain keeps saying it's lesser, you need to do something bigger and bigger. But I just need to remind myself it's different. Yeah. You're this still is, going around the yeah, world. It's a book tour about the book. It doesn't require dancers or costumes <laughs> or theatrics. It requires me in the book. And so I think it's different and special in its own life for sure. Well, congratulations. Thank you so on much. such an amazing book. Appreciate it. New York Thank Times you. best-selling book. Oh, hey. It's you know, so awesome. Thank you so much. So, I appreciate it.